What's up, Drop Pod listeners? You can check out new episodes of the Drop Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow and listen along. This episode is brought to you by All County Exteriors. All County Exteriors is a third generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years. All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, American Cancer Society, Rooster Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. This is the Draw Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulak. What's up, Drop Pod people? How you doing this week? Uh, we had a big golf week, Mike. Right, professional golf was being played. We got some Tiger Talk to, uh, to come at you. Uh, but before we get to that, let's get through some couple housekeeping things, shall we? Today's Wednesday, episode 72, you're listening to. Uh, again, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, go back wherever you listen to podcasts, go check them out. Uh, the video version is on YouTube. You got Mike and I right face-to-face right here. Um, so you can, you can watch the podcast if you want to uh, on YouTube. Uh, certainly feel free to check it out there as well. Yesterday... Uh, Tuesday was episode 10 of TPI Tuesday. And I can't believe how many we're, we're getting up there, Mike. Um, so make sure if you didn't check that out yesterday, head on over to YouTube. Uh, again, that's a really a YouTube-only vehicle. Um, we posted about it, but the link is posted on Instagram for you to go, to go check it out on YouTube. So, uh, so go check that out. Mike, we're, we're rolling with those. and trying to figure out like when to end it, uh, how to end it. I think we're going to roll that right into April 1st, being the beginning of um, the posting season. I think that's kind of how we're going to try to end it there. Some, you know, figure out the timing there, but kind of roll that right into golf season really um, is kind of the plan there. So we got a couple more weeks there of, of going at it, but again, check out TPI Tuesdays on YouTube. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, we got nothing going on. Uh, we're taking the week off. Remember, we're going every other Tuesday for these Ryan verses. Thursday. Um, did I say Tuesday? Oh, that's my bad. Thursday. Uh, another. We're going every other week with these. Um, so uh, um, next week, uh, I'll be taking on the 12th hole at Tidewater. And then that's it for Tidewater. I have one other video. It's uh, three with me. That'll be the, the culmination, really, of these uh, of these of this video series with Tidewater. Um, not saying we won't necessarily do something again, but um, you know, we've had a whole bunch of holes on the front here. Um, but now we've, we've moved to the back with episode 
uh, with hole 10 last week, hole 12. Hole 12 is a beautiful par three. I can't wait for you guys to watch it. Um, but, uh, but then we're going to have a three with me at Tidewater, and then that should, again, same kind of thing with TPI Tuesday, roll us right into the beginning of, of golf season. And while we'll just be short of the – of the posting season, it'll, it should be a little warmer. should be able to get out there a little bit and, and swing the club a little bit. So do we get any birdies in this series or is that not a lot to be shared? I, I can't share that. That's, that's G14 yeah, I, classified. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for like, I don't know if that was being saved or it hasn't been discussed. I, you know, we've saw, we got teased a couple times with some of the shots, but the word birdie or Eagle just has not popped up on this radar. I, I mean, uh, you could probably do some math. I mean, you're a smart guy and figure it out that I'm not a very good golfer, that birdies don't come very often. And then the amount of times that we do actually record something is is even, you know, fewer. It's not like I record every single hole while we're out there. So it, it, it's kind of a... Every blind you know, squirrel finds an acorn. Yeah, and, and, I, and while I haven't found an acorn yet... You're still searching. I'm still searching. Okay, it's fair. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say again, I'll tease the 12th hole. We can tease it next week too. 12th hole has some fireworks as well. Uh, <laughs> it, it has, it has some fireworks. There is a, again, it's a beautiful par three over, over a marsh there. Um, bunkers right in front, right up against the bulkhead there, uh, to kind of like a, a peninsula. I'd, I'd say Island green, but it's more like a peninsula green and a really cool, you go right from the T, like you got to bring your your driver because you go right from the green on this peninsula to the T box, which is even further into the marsh, um, on hole thirteen. So it's really a cool little area on the course there, and just absolutely beautiful. You get a beautiful day. It's got to be a stunning, stunning view. And again, I've, I've said it before, a little unfortunate that I caught it on a little on a little grayer day, but still was still was beautiful. So. Um, again, next week, hole 12 at Tidewater and, uh, and then three with me, the, the two weeks after that, uh, Mike, some more housekeeping stuff. We are coming up on 3000. I almost said 300,000 for a second. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get 3, to that number. 3000 followers on Instagram. And that's that's a big number. Uh, it's really uh, again, you know, we talk about how how this kind of has rocketed shipped up for us uh in the last year, not even a half yet. Year coming up on year and a half, I guess. October, November, December, January, February, March. It, April would be kind of a year and a half. So, um so yeah, coming up on 3,000 followers on Instagram is 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 a big get. That's huge. Yeah, listen, I I'm I I I'm continue to be blown away by the whole thing and you know i know i've been watching that number excitedly cl constantly climb and climb and climb it's it's been a very organic authentic way to do it um not in a sense buying subs you know followers it's not you know getting bots out there this is like a genuine audience of people that follow that listen that comment um that in frankly engage and that's that's kind of what I take value in more so than anything. It's like, I know a lot of people have more and they're like, oh, I got 11,000, 12,000. But I guess I'd say like, how many of them are, are bots and, and how many of them are actually people that listen and engage? And, and I can't thank the followers enough because they're there and they're active, whether they comment, whether they like, whether they view the 
story, whether they frankly DM us, it's, it's, it's been overwhelming and I'm excited to get the three K I am. Yeah. The, the organicness is something that, that I think should be mentioned uh, again or more so because the amount of like likes that we get or comments or interactions we get between those followers, the percentage is really high, you know, compared to some accounts that I would imagine, you know, they have 10,000 followers, but they're only interacting with 500 people. Percentage is a lot lower. Whereas I, I think we have a following that is uh, genuine, active. that active. is active and, and again, uh, frankly interested in what we got going on. So uh, if you're not following the account, go ahead over to Instagram, uh, hit that follow button, head on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, go, go follow us, go to, go to TikTok, go to, uh, I was going to say uh, Twitter, but go to X. Um, you know, we're, we're all over the place there. So, uh, but Instagram's a big one coming up there. So, um, if you're not following and you're listening, head on over there, give it a follow. Uh, another little bit of housekeeping, Mike, the Mexico open is this week. Uh, we're going to get into the Genesis, which finished up this past weekend, but, um, we got three Jersey guys back in it. Uh, Chris, Max and Ryan are, are teeing it up again in Mexico. Um, is this the this is the one, Mike, where the elevation is is vastly different, right? Where they got to take they got to do math on like their their altitude, where they are. I'm pretty sure that this is it. Where like a hundred and hundred and sixty yard shots actually like a hundred and thirty five yard shot because yeah. they're so high up in the mountains there. I, I you would I don't know. I can't comment on it. I just remember last year that you know this was like a supposed to be like a no-name event, really. Like, it was supposed to be just like the Mexico Open. Nobody was playing. But if you recall, Tony Finau was – it was him versus John Rob. It was I him was, versus John Rob down the stretch. And Tony ended up holding him off and winning by three. So this is not like a, 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 the John Deere that you and I have joked around in the past. Like, this is a legit tournament. Tony Finau is going back and playing. I saw Will Zaltoris is going and playing. So you got named guys there that it's not just like – kind of the run of the mill, the average, the middle of the, you know, middle of the tour kind of guy. You have the elite guy and it's, it's nice to see our guys getting back into it. And, and some of these signature events, it's kind of quieting down a little bit because it's been so heavy with that. And if you're not in those events or have sponsors exemptions, it's kind of tough. So it's nice to see these guys getting back into it and, and hopefully some cuts can be made and, and some noise can be, you know, heard. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think they've had some built-in time off here because, like you said, it has been, uh, you know, three of the last four weeks, two of the last three weeks have been have been elevated events. So uh, if you're not in those, and, and to your point, you're not, you know, you're not playing much golf there. But uh, this is definitely the one because cause if I remember correctly, John Rahm does his distances in meters, not yards. So he had to convert from yards to meters and – while he's there and then on top of it he's got to do the math for the altitude change so they did like a little thing on his caddy doing all the math at each shot um for someone who usually plays pretty quickly that slowed rom down a bit last year if i remember the them talking about that correctly so yeah so kind of cool to see them hit you know they're hitting hitting driver and it's just naturally going to go further i mean you're going to see close to a 400 yard drive at some point this this weekend um just because of the altitude change you know they're 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 just going to keep bombing it. So, so that's coming up. So good luck to, uh, to Chris, Max and, uh, and Ryan there for teeing it up again. Hopefully we can, we can turn some corners, make some cuts and, and start, uh, 
start making some cash. Mike, I know you want to talk. I know you're excited to talk about this. Deeply excited, I should say. Do you want to start with the Genesis as a tournament? Do you want to start with Tiger as his golfing performance on Thursday? Do you want to talk about Tiger's new clothing line, Sun Day Red? Or do you well, want to I, talk about him getting sick and pulling out? No, so we, we're going to talk about D, all the above. But well, Right, to, I'm saying, where do you want to start? <laughs> right, so before we begin, I do want to, again, I know when I put out the stories on Instagram and then I put out random questions or, or things, and I did randomly this weekend put out, do you think that Ron and I should go live more on Instagram? Would you watch it? Things along those lines. And again, I don't know what it is with polls because it goes back to when we talked about March Madness with how many people would just vote on these damn things. And again, I'm overwhelmed and the answer was yes. And I know that's something you and I have kind of talked off offhand is like, maybe we need to find a way to go live randomly throughout more so. So I do want to say thank you to everybody that voted in that because that is something that Ryan and I behind the scenes have been talking about that we're hopeful that we can find some more time as some of our things in our personal lives kind of quiet down a little bit in some extracurricular. So um, thank you there. Let's start with Wednesday. And I know. And, and I'd say this, Mike, just to interrupt, more golf is, like, we're not playing golf now. There's Look outside. I, I got three inches of snow on the ground right now. We're not playing golf. So there's, you know, what we can go live about is limited, you know, in uh -huh. regards to that anyway. Yeah, no so. doubt. Totally agree. So, so let's, you know, and, and let's kind of piggyback last week's episode. As you and I tried to stay on as late as we could, um, to see the announcement of, of Tiger's new apparel line. And, and we all had heard rumors it was going to be Sunday red, um, but we just couldn't stay on long enough to hear the whole thing because it got pushed it got pushed back later in terms of the start time. Pushed I, I like that. Put, yeah. both postponed <laughs> little and pushed little combo back. Word, yeah. combo <laughs> you make up words as you go around here. Um, I like, I'm... I'll tell you what. I know that I am in a very, very vast mi minority here. I absolutely love the logo, love the logo. And I know that I, people had put things out there. I commented on other people's stories, posts, the whole nine. And, and everybody told me they couldn't get on board. Mike, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. And that's fine. I know that. But there's something, sometimes some things are just, you've got to think outside the box a little bit. It can't be the same generic thing we see all the time. And I think that's where he was going with this. And I understand that people don't like Sunday red being three different words. I understand that. Is it a big, am I huge on that? Maybe not. I, I think I could live without the lettering, but I do think it's really cool when I see it like embroidered on the side pocket of the pant. I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool. I was embroidered around down the side part of his leg on the, on the pant. Like thought that was cool. What was the tiger with the Sunday no. red or it's, it's, SDR? No. I said Sunday red down to like a little, like this little, like probably size 10 font on the pant leg embroidered into that. the pant leg. Okay. Love that. I kind of love that. It was different. I love the logo in the center chest. I thought that was different. I thought that was not the normal left chest that we all see. I loved how it had 15, um, that I do like stripes, stripes. on the tiger. Yeah. Love that different. Mm -hmm. And I know it kind of people like, Oh, it's Slozenger. Like it's like old. Okay. Maybe a little bit like, okay, I get it. But to me, like who nowadays, the average person doesn't even know what Slozenger golf is. It's like non-existent. Okay. So Schlesinger golf anyway, what, it, my point <laughs> being, we don't even know what it's called. Right. Right. So that, I just thought that was really cool. And 
if if this is just a tease as to what Sunday Red could be, the way he went retro on Friday at the Genesis. So cool. So absolutely unreal. Love mm-hmm. that. If we're going to kick it retro with some of the things that that dude wore back in his heyday as Bring a back kid. back baggy pants. When, he, when it was kid, listen, dude, I'm telling you, that outfit, I'm like, okay, we can buy into this. And we can buy into this. And we can look past some things that may not be ideal. Because I'll be dead honest with you. Could I buy a shirt with that Tiger logo in the center of a chest and rock it? Yeah. A hundred percent. Now, could I do without the pants that say Sunday Red? Probably. That's not going to be high on my list. And frankly, I don't even know if I can afford any of it. But (laughs) I was a fan of the logo. I am a fan of Tiger Woods. And yes, I support Sunday Red, even though I'm in the minority. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I guess, in the majority because I don't love it. Uh, I will say this. If they got rid of the words to it, I love the tiger. I love the symbolism of the 15 stripes. Um, I think that's a cool logo in itself. So I, I would be all on board. I would think much more highly of this logo if it was just the tiger. But having... I just don't get this this breaking up the words sun day red. It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. And I understand that like the sun is supposed to be sun and Sunday are supposed to be like we're wearing red on Sundays. The sun is supposed to be out when we're playing golf. You're supposed to enjoy the day, right? I I get that. I get the symbolism there. But it just doesn't it doesn't hit my eye. I, I don't like the appeal of it. I don't know. I, other than those things, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't fit, and it seems like Tiger and TaylorMade would have this group that would, quite frankly, just be able to come up with something better, right? You came up with this Tiger and have it have fifteen stripes, and that's really great. But yeah, I don't know. I, I you know the stuff he's gonna wear is top notch, right? It's not like he's gonna go into like an all cotton polo again or anything like that, like. So it's not like the material is going to be different or the, or the look of it or, you know, like there's only so much you could do in that, especially with how much garments have come along. So it's going to have the same feel as a Peter Millar, as a Donald Ross, as a, as a Grayson, as like they all, they're all pretty much the same. Like the difference in the material is going to be negligible, right? Like we could all agree on that. So it's really just like the logo. And then like, the collars, like, do they go f- full mock neck? Does he go with, like, the, you know, w- whatever he ends up going with there. But the logo, I, I don't know, just didn't love it. Just just didn't. Uh, honestly, I would, I would be all on board if they put SDR somewhere. Instead of, instead of making it three words, like, underneath the tiger, S- I don't know. I'd be more for that. Sunday Red just doesn't fit my eye. Yeah, and I think reasons. anybody can really attest to Tiger's never been the most fashionable guy. And and I'd be the first one to be obviously the biggest Tiger supporter there is. Like, yes, when he has gone out to events or have done things, like his wardrobe is never like, wow, he's a fashionista. Like he's got style. He's got it. Like you, you got to understand that he is a little bit of a nerd in his own world. Okay. He just so happens to be the best damn golfer ever. So 
I get what you're saying. You would have thought he would have come up with something better. The wording may be a little better. But at the end of the day, I can still buy a shirt with that tiger on it without the letters on it and still be like, you know what? Forget the letters. Yeah. I can rock this. I, I liked it with the, like, again, uh, like you said, under the buttons there. Did you see the one where it had it on the back of the neck there? Yep. That was a nice yeah. one, too. I like that. Yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't rock it. I'm just, I, I again, probably can't afford it. But also, it's 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 not my favorite logo. That's all. All right. And May, May 1st, it goes live. And I'm sure, just like a lot of things that Tiger has a say or partakes in, like, it'll be sold out quickly. Um, I'm sure it's going to be on the higher end of pricing. And listen, I can't lie. I'll be dabbling on the website. I'll be taking a peek. You know, I'll see. Maybe one day you'll see me on the podcast wearing my my Tiger Woods Sunday red. But nonetheless, listen, I know I'm in the minority, and I know I'm probably a Tiger lover, and I'm biased to that, but I'm a fan of it. When when we talked a little bit via text and I saw you liking and, and commenting on there, I, I think Tiger could have come out in just uh, like hot garbage. And you would have been like, this is the best thing ever. Because I, think, whoa, cause I whoa, think you are rose colored glasses with him. You are whoa, red colored glasses with him. Whoa, so. whoa. Listen. <laughs> the logo could have been the poop emoji with a, with a tiger jumping over it. And you would have been like, that's the best logo ever. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> George Wall Ford in Red Bank, New Jersey is family owned and operated, proudly serving New Jersey residents with superior customer service since 1960. Rye, share your story about your experience there. Mike, I, I went on a tangent in one of our episodes previously about it, but I can't say enough good things about George Wall Ford. Um, I needed a new car. I had I had an old. Uh, I loved the brand that I had. I loved you know it was an SUV, but had one hundred sixty five thousand miles on it. It was just time, you know. So I hopped on over to George Wall Ford. I saw our guy Jerry, um, and Jerry and his team were awesome. I mean, from from stem to stern, they're there. They're helping. They're knowledgeable. Um, they have so many cars on the lot that you can go in and say, Hey, I want a sunroof, a navigation. I want this kind of rims on it i want this kind of this that and the other thing there's there's a great chance that they have that car with all your specs the color all that thing me i didn't particularly care i just i i was like hey i i want to be high up on in the car right i want i I need an suv i'm a big guy i got a dog i got golf clubs i got beach chairs in the summer i need something that's a little more rugged a little more um again i like to be higher in my car and i went and saw jerry he pointed me in the right direction and and Again, it's it's awesome to have that kind of help and support from your salesman to the finance guy to to even the, they got somebody who helps you set up your car, right? I got an app on my phone now that's got my auto start on it. I can locate my car if I don't know where it is. Uh, I could take a trip to to Japan if I wanted to and be like, did I lock my car? And I can go into the app and lock my car. So um, the, even even you know, people helping you set up that stuff. It just the hands-on approach over there is, is incredible. So if you need a car, head on over to George wall, uh, they, and go ask for Jerry. They were awesome there again, stem to stern from everybody. I can't say enough good things about it. It was an unbelievable experience. So to Ryan's point, there isn't a better place to shop for a brand new car. Just call 732-704-1932 and ask for Jeremy wall. 
George Wall, Ford, and Red Bank for all your car buying needs. Let's get into his performance. So I thought, I listen, again, I, I watched every single shot on Friday. And, and Thursday, I was able to pick pieces of watching it. And I could not believe he actually cold hard shanked one on 18. And I can't believe he, the way he describes it is so tiger-like that I'd led with the hosel. Doesn't even say the word. Just, you know, I kind of, my back was spasming and I led with the hosel. Like, love that. Don't, let's not ever say that word. So I thought that was so good. But you could tell he was rusty. You could. But nothing beats Tiger Woods' first hole of the, of the PGA Tour season coming out and birdieing the first hole. Got to love that. Mm-hmm. I thought, in terms of me watching him, and again, I am a nobody in this whole world of Tiger Woods, but he looked like he had pep in his step on Thursday. He looked excited. He looked smiling. He, he looked like he was in a, in a good spot. I don't know what transpired in 24 hours, but when I watched him walk to the first tee on Friday, he looked bad. Before he even hit his opening tee shot, I'm a, I am literally on ESPN Live. I am watching him stand on the first tee before he even hits, and I'm like, I said to myself, like, he doesn't look good. Like, he looks like he's hurting right now. I have no idea. But I'm like, that's Tiger. Who knows? And when he got carted off, I said, dude, I knew it. He just didn't look good. I know he he was still like piecing the puzzle together. I know on seven before he got carted off, he hit the fairway and just, okay, I get all that. But like, I knew from the beginning, he just kind of looked off. And I know, you know, the ambulance was out there. The fire trucks were out there. Was he going to be in a stretcher taken off? He said, no way. The IV bags were in him. Like, clearly, he says he has the flow. I pray to God that's the accurate report and that it's not an injury related thing and he was adamant that it wasn't when he came out on twitter but you just can't help but like sit there and be like come on man let's i pray it's the in and out burger that you ate without the pickles and that was the reason <laughs> i hope i was it's gonna that. i was gonna say because, you saw those memes where the guy the the guy the in and out had is smiling in the background and tigers I, go to listen town. <laughs> jordan bounced he got i know jordan got dq'd too because of the scorecard but if you listen to xander's interview the next day, that, that day, he's like, dude, he had to go to the bathroom. He, had, he literally left the tent, signed it, didn't really look at it, and went, had to go to the bathroom. So once he left the, the tent, he realized he made a mistake, and he got DQ'd out of that too. So clearly there may have been something going around, yeah. which I hope is the case because you got the players in March. You got to think that maybe he comes back. It's in Florida, his home state. Like, But Friday, I thought he looked fine. I did. Saturday, you could clearly see something was up. Yeah, the the only thing, I mean, again, he didn't get taken off in a stretcher, and and did he even leave? He didn't leave in an ambulance. I mean, they they no, I saw him out. driving a golf cart, but I saw someone say that he was in an ambulance. Uh, I saw a report. Nah. They said they they brought the ambulance was there. They brought a stretcher inside. The report that came out was he is not getting on a stretcher leaving the golf course. He's not. No, so I, don't, they, I don't think you even just bad optics. If you can walk even. 10 steps, so, you do so that. So they sat him in the clubhouse, supposedly. Now, these are all reports. Sat him in the clubhouse. I V'd him up, put tons of fucking got fluids back in his body, and he eventually walked out Walked into own. the car, and I saw him get in the car. Yeah. But then I also saw a report that he was in an ambulance, and that's why I was like, I didn't see that. So, uh, I, yeah, news. I was a little confused, but... um. But I, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think he was. 
I don't think uh, the only thing that leads me that I'm a little hesitant on is that when when uh, Danny Rapp asked him about that shot on 18 on Thursday, he goes, my back spasms. Yeah, I know. That's and, where the red flags came. About. And that's the only thing that gives it a red flag, because the difference between him on Thursday and him on Friday looked physical. It didn't look like an injury. It looked like an illness. And so had he not cold shanked that shot on Friday, I don't think there's any doubt that it's an illness. 100% but agree. The only thing that we that we can look at is like, well, he did say something about spasming and spasms aren't good for a back and Tiger has a history of of having back issues, so and, and Riv's not an easy walk. You're going right. up and down these hills at Riv, so it's not like it's a flat. Like he's out at the Hero walking in the Bahamas and <laughs> just enjoying flat life. Surface, yeah, just walking yes. the beach, yeah. So, uh, so I, I, while I think it's not an injury, I don't think there's going to be any problem that we see Tiger again. I, I, like I don't think this is an injury. I think I, I do think this is a sickness. There is that you know one, two, three percent doubt based on Friday eighteen. Uh, Thursday, his 18th hole. That's the only okay. thing that creeps in. But because he just, because again, it looked physical. Like you said, him standing there on the tee box on one on Friday, that that didn't look like a back injury or an injury to me. That looked like an illness where he was just like a sunken man, kind of. Yeah. And, and to his, I mean, he played nine holes on Tuesday. He played 18 holes on Wednesday. He did his press conference on Wednesday. Yeah. And, and there was no indication that that dude was, besides the normal pain that he talks about dealing with, it wasn't anything like that. Right. So, listen, I guess I, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll see him at at, at the players. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I'm sure the odds got better in your favor of him winning Augusta. So if you haven't placed that ticket, the odds may be even better now. It might be even plus more money for you to win something. So you may be able to retire early, put some money on that. I would actually think it goes the other way based on how he looked Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but I think people be now nervous about where he's at physically and gotcha. not really believe that it's a an illness. Yeah. But listen, it was I, oh, listen. It's it's a good. It, it, it's disappointing. It's hard to see that that's how his season starts. Um, but sometimes in life, you just can't control things, and being sick is frankly one of them. Yeah, and and whatever reason, the flu this year has gone around like rapid, and and is bad this year. I I have not, I've gotten sick in the past years, but I don't know if I've had the flu in. It's it goes back before COVID. You know, I had COVID, but then I haven't had the flu in forever. And the flu this year knocked me on my butt. I, I was I was out for a good bunch of days. It was, it was a rough one this year. So, so yeah, um, hopefully it's just that. And, and, and we can see tiger back. Uh, can I tell you, I absolutely love that finishing hole. Yeah. That yeah. 18th hole is iconic. The beautiful, mm. like, like what, what's the, like the Spanish style housing kind of in the background that you can see. It's a, just a nice approach to the clubhouse with the, the stone stairs. And it's just a beautiful view. That, that Listen, it's is... a great, it's a great starting hole when you're mm -hmm. up on the mountain right by the clubhouse and you're going yep. straight down. And then the 18th hole with the fairway sloping from left to right, you got to hit the shoot on the left side because the first bounce is dead. Right. Yep. And then you're going back up the hill to, to where the clubhouse is. Yeah. No, to your point, listen, it's it's a great start hole. It's a great ending hole, which probably makes it why it's probably one of the best golf courses in the world. Yeah, and really cool. Did you see the overview of it? How it's just it's it's almost like um, it's almost like Arcola in that way, where it's like 
a, the golf course is kind of squared off and then it's just neighborhood and city kind of around it. It's really cool. If you didn't check it out, I'll, I'll send it to you. I think, uh, I think I forget who had it. Zaire golf maybe had it. It was a cool, it was just a, it, you know, just a cool thing that you're like, wow, you're in this course. It's super quiet. There's just golf here. And then around it's just bustling city. Yeah. Kind of neat. Uh, You want to you wanna get into our March Madness stuff? Yeah, let's tease it. Okay. Uh, you have the – you got the doc there in front of you? Yeah. You wrote I, – I love that you wrote all the rules down here. This is something yep. that like – so we'll lift up the curtain a little bit here and tell you guys. Mike and I go back and forth. We got these ideas, and, and it's usually texts. Uh, it's not often phone calls. It's just like, hey, before we start you – know, before we hit record, we'll – you know, we, we talk a little bit about this, that, or the other. So uh, we've kind of thrown this idea about having March Madness again and how we want to do it. Um, we want to do it a little bit differently. You know, last year was was a great success. I don't want to take it away. But um, how can we do it differently? How can we make last year even better? And so we've kind of gone back and forth with some ideas and kind of said, hey, we like this. We don't like that. And and uh, Mike has, has taken all those and, and – uh, put all the information down, and he's going to disseminate to us uh, SAT word. If I didn't screw it up, uh, to us. So, um, so Mike, what? Tell us what you got here. Tell us. Let's tell the people what what's going to happen here for the uh, March Madness drop style, twenty twenty four. Yeah. So listen, you know how I am. I when you when I get going on my my thoughts and my ideas, it's like all right, well we're we're going to run with these. And what we have is March Madness. 2024. This is going to be called the Fairway Faceoff, the March to Golf Greatness in the Garden State. Now, that's the headline, that's the title. You'll start to see some Instagram posts about this. It's Ryan versus me. He picks 16, I pick 16 of public golf courses in New Jersey that we have not played in somewhere between the last 12 to 18 months in that range. Maybe even extends to 24 months, but we're going to see how the, the draft goes. The draft will be live, and that's kind of why I last week I put out that question. Would you like to see us live more? Now, the live date will most likely be February 25th, okay? Sunday, February 25th. We're still working out the final details as the time, where we'll be live on, what platform, things of that nature. So you got to stay tuned on Instagram. You got to make sure you're peeking that out so you can see, so you can watch us. And it's going to be a live draft, okay, where we have the top 32 public golf courses that we want to play heading into this season that we haven't played, okay? Um, so just as an example, I you hear me talk a lot about Scotland Run. You hear me talk a lot about Ballymore. Clearly, they will not be on my list because I've just played them. That doesn't mean they are not one of the top 32. So before I get grilled and yelled at through DMs, please understand that caveat there. Okay. I've played them. They're not on my list. So my top 16 may be different. Now, Ryan has not played Scotland Run. Scotland Run may be on Ryan's top 16 list. So I want to make sure that we understand that. And again, when we go live that day, I will then preface it again, explaining that little caveat there. Yeah, I think that's important that it's not our top 16 against the other person's top 16. It's the top 16 that we haven't played in a while or have never played. 
Yeah, we um, want to get to it. And, and, right. and just like last year, we will visit and go play the winner of this March Madness, just like we did with Seaview Bay, and we will truck our way to wherever this place ends up being. Now, For sure. the voting is going to be like this. So, obviously, we're going to go live February 25th, okay? We will then explain everything again on February 28th's episode, but voting for each matchup will take place at 11 a.m. every Thursday, starting from February 29th and lasting for 24 hours. I will announce the results on each podcast episode the following Wednesday. So you'll need to tune in to see who won the final results and see who moved on each week. Now, the way we're doing it, since it's Ryan's 16 versus my 16, is the the matchups are going to be a little different. So, like, on one side of the bracket, it's going to be, like, Mike's first pick of the draft versus Ryan's 16th pick of the draft, whereas the other side of the bracket will be Ryan's first-round draft pick versus my 16th-round draft pick. Yep. And then from there... It'll kind of break it down. So it's not going to be all mine, numbers one, two, three, four. I kind of evenly split it all up. So you'll see on the Instagram all the details in, in terms of fully understanding it. And then we'll put the votes out there. And we'll see whoever whoever wins. We'll just keep moving on. And we'll kind of see out of our 16, who wins, who loses. You know, we'll get more people involved. And it's just another exciting way to kind of incorporate March Madness into what we do with how well it was perceived last year. So this is a new idea. We're kind of evolving with things. We're going to try to go live. We're going to try to put it out there. We're going to try to get some new tracks involved that we haven't been to. Um, because just like anything, our, our goal here is to highlight all things golfing in the Garden State, not just the areas that we know and love. 100%. So I, I got nothing more to add, Mike. I think you did a good job covering it. Uh, we'll go live next Sunday. Uh, you know, Sunday coming up here and yep, February 25th. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the details. Obviously I'll be blasting it all out. I'll be having some Instagram posts with the rules, the regs, the pictures, the fairway face off, baby. You <laughs> first eye. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. We had a, it was a blast last year. The amount of interactions we had last year with significantly less followers on Instagram, uh, you know, we've grown kind of astronomically since then. So, um, it should, it should be good. Make sure you pop out for your, for your course. It's all, we, it's all she wrote. You good. You got anything I else? Am. I am ready to go. All right, guys. So uh, that's going to end it for Mike and I here. Um, we're going to send you to our interview now that we did with uh, Jason Bale. Jason is a top 50 director of instruction out of Jupiter Hills. Uh, that's down in Florida for, for uh, those that don't know where Jupiter might be. Um, and he is, he's got an incredible, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Mike, an incredible uh, arsenal resume, resume, resume. Uh, of just of golfers that he's got in his, uh, in his, 
under his bag, tutelage. His bag, yeah, his bag. His yeah. Bag. He's um I mean Lucas Glover, PGA Tour Pro, um to to all the way to a guy that we've talked about on the podcast, J.R. Smith, uh is his, you know, goes and sees him as well. So we got some JR stories, we got some Lucas Glover stories talking about before the Genesis even. He was just out there this week. So uh, so really some some great stuff from him and and uh, kind of how he got into golf and uh, again just just a great just a great guy I mean even though you know I'm a North Carolina Tar Heel fan for basketball uh, he does mention he's a Duke fan um, which uh, even then can't hold that against him because it was a it was a great interview he's a great guy so here's our interview with Jason Bale enjoy. Comstock Yacht Sales has been the Jersey Shore's number one boat dealer since 1973. Did you know that Comstock now has two on-water sales locations to better serve the boaters across New Jersey? Their full-service marina is located at 704 Princeton Avenue in Bricktown, and their all-new sales location can be found at Navisink Marina in Seabright. Comstock currently carries some of the best boat brands manufactured today. The team at Comstock is proud to be New Jersey dealers for Regulator Center consoles, Grady White Boats, Tiara Yachts, Seapro, Four Winds, and MGM Yachts. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned boat or looking for help selling your current boat, Comstock Yacht Sales is the place to go. Go online to see their full new boat lineup or stop into one of their two locations today. They can be found at ComstockMarina.com. That's ComstockMarina.com. Or for immediate sales assistance, text them now at 732-604-1237. That's 732-604-1237. So today's guest, man, I think this is a treat for everybody. I, I, I know that sometimes we stay within our bubble here in New Jersey, but we're able at times to, to kind of expand that. Today's guest is Jason Bale, Director of Instruction at the unbelievable Jupiter Hills Golf Club. Um, Jason's a top 50 teacher at Golf Digest, a top 100 teacher at Golf.com, and unreal that, you know, 2022 South Florida PGA Teacher of the Year. I think some things that separates Jason compared to others is he works with guys on tour. And when I say some of these names, I, I, I think it's jaw-dropping. You got Lucas Glover. You got Peter Uline on the Live Tour. But I also don't think people realize he works with New Jersey's very own J.R. Smith. So, Jason, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think for someone like me that, you know, is kind of a, a big time nerd in in the golf space and, and being able just to connect with with guys like you that, you know, I kind of look at from afar and I'm like, wow, OK, these guys are big time. They're named people. And, and just being able to realize at the end of the day that we are just people who love the game of golf. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time here. So why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background about you, like how you got into this game? Um, to where you are today, because for even the audience that doesn't know, you are at, at one of the most special spots there in South Florida that I, I don't think many people get the privilege of even seeing. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of a background about you? Well, I grew up in eastern North Carolina, if you can't tell from the accent. Uh, and uh, my father was a, a high school football and basketball coach for about 40 years. And uh, 
I grew up a basketball junkie, uh, wanted to coach college basketball since I was about eight years old. Um, and so the coaching part of it, uh, my younger brothers are tennis pros. My uh, younger sister's a dance instructor. My mom's a dance instructor. So we 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 have this. There was no bail that was ever going to end up in a cubicle of any kind. So we were always going to be <laughs> teaching or coaching and and doing that sort of thing. And I just kind of I, I I was like I said a basketball junkie. Um, I had a, uh, a a big time knee injury as a junior in high school. I uh, usually played baseball in the spring, and and my senior year I was. Uh, I was going to go to East Carolina and uh, and kind of walk on the basketball team to kind of start my coaching journey. And uh, so I wasn't going to play uh, baseball that uh, that spring. And I decided I still wanted to get out of school early. So I went out for the golf team and uh, immediately kind of fell in love with golf. Um, and then as I kind of meandered through college, uh, kind of started migrating closer and closer to, to being a golf instructor. And uh, that's kind of how that journey started. So I uh, thought I was going to coach college basketball, ended up coaching golf and um, I've, I've never looked back from it from there. It's been a, it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think, you know, Ryan and I are two basketball guys growing up too. We both played high school basketball. Um, Ryan went on to play bigger basketball than I did. Um, but I, 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 we love the game as well. Is that so a we size reference, know. Mike? <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I mean, I guess it can be. I mean, double, double take there. Yeah, listen. I mean, it, it, the facts are the facts, right? Um, you know. But so the love of the game for basketball, we we clearly get and understand. Um, I'm also a UNC guy. That's my team. Really? That's yeah. I don't know if that's your team. That's but... a shame. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you're a North Carolina guy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I kind of bleed a deeper shade of blue. Oh, uh, you a Dukey? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, go. this was nice. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Great being with you, Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Jay, like, obviously, as as your career progresses and, and finding the game of golf, which has been such a thing for a lot of our guests that have come on, it's like once they get the the little taste of the game, it becomes like a major itch that you're constantly wanting to scratch and do and play and, frankly, get better at. What kind of, as you got, you've gotten to where you are today, like, you know, has, has the playing side ever been something that really motivated you or has it always been like, you know what, I, I enjoy coaching, enjoy instructing that maybe my playing side of it has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. Yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of a backseat. I mean, uh, I, I really enjoyed playing competitive golf. Um, I knew very early on, you know, that my competitive days were going to be short. Um, but I think you have to scratch that itch, um, Every player needs to go through that. Uh, I still enjoy playing. Um, my job um, controls my body <laughs> in a way that is not conducive to playing great golf, uh, but I still love the game and I uh, still love being around it from that standpoint. Uh, I've kind of made a uh, 2024 is kind of a, a new thing for me as far as trying to get back into playing a little bit more um, and enjoying that part of it. Uh, the travel um, that I do on tour uh, kind of, you know, you, you sacrifice some of that playing, but, uh, you know, I don't think you can coach this game at a high level and still not love to play it in some way, shape or form. I just I just kind of have understood like that uh, the, the 69s are gone and, and we'll, we'll, we'll if we if we shoot 74, we'll be fine. So, like, I just don't embarrass myself anymore. <laughs> uh, and then obviously, you know, where you're at now in, in Jupiter Hills, I mean, I think the the idea for any young 
person who looks to get involved with golf and I want to coach and I want to teach. And, and some of us, you know, for us, Ryan and I, we talked to a lot of the local guys here in New Jersey and they're instructing and giving tips and ideas to, to guys that are like maybe 15 handicaps trying to get to five or maybe the five trying to become the scratch. You're working with a completely, completely different level of golfer. Like when you, when, when Lucas Glover comes in or Peter Uline comes in, like what, what are things from your perspective that you see that just varies if a normal guy or a normal member is coming up to you and saying, Hey, Hey Jay, like I need to look at my swing. Like what, what's the differences besides obviously the ability and the skill level? Like what are the differences that you really help guys on tour with? Well, kind of, if I can take a broader perspective on that to kind of give you an idea. Um, so I was, uh, this was, goes back to like 2016 or something. Nobody knew who I was. Not that anybody knows who I am now, but, uh, and I remember winning, uh, my first little chapter, uh, teacher of the year award. And I had a member, uh, at the club I was at, uh, Belfair in uh, Bluffton, South Carolina. And he says, uh, Jason, you know, you need to, you know, congratulations on this award. Now you need to start working on your brand. And I went, Ooh. And I was like, does that mean I have to have some kind of nickname or something? Do I have to have a logo? I was like, yeah, none of those things are really me. I was like, I don't know about that. And he asked me, he's like, what is a brand? And I had no answer. Absolutely no answer. And uh, he said, um, a brand is a promise that what you do works. And that really made me think. I was like, you know, what do I do and how do I know it works? And uh, so I really had to start doing some soul searching on that um, and trying to figure out what it was that I did and how I knew if it worked or not. And uh, so I really started putting together at that time um, kind of my framework of, of like what I did and how I thought about things. If my wife asked me to stop by the store and get milk on the way home, I'm going to forget a hundred times. But um, anything that goes on in a golf lesson, I can remember years from now, you know, so it's, it, it kind of has to fall in the framework. And so <laughs> yeah. when I started doing that, I wanted it to be, um, I wanted it to be something that could be shared with others very easily, especially young coaches. I wanted it to be something that, um, that, uh, spanned, uh, a, a bevy of players. So it could work with a, a 15 handicap and it also had to work with a tour player. And so that's how I started building the framework. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned Jupiter Hills. Uh, I remember interviewing at Jupiter Hills and I was just like, I'm going to define my dream job. And if they don't want my dream job, then I don't want to be here. And, uh, luckily they wanted my dream job. So I get to live that every day. Uh, so I get to work with obviously some of the best players in the world, which it's, it's an honor every day to be able to do that. Um, then I get to work with some of the most special members at Jupiter Hills. Um, and they let me come to work every day and dream. And I think that's the coolest thing in the world, um, is to, to be able to drive through the gates of such a wonderful facility with such wonderful members and actually be able to dream every day about what we want to do there and what we, how we want to make it better. And, and what's the brand of Jupiter Hills performance and the Jupiter Hills performance brand is my staff. You know, it's, it's, it's our members. Um, it's our facility. Um, it's, it's every bit of us, um, that we come to work every day because they actually, my staff, um, actually allow me to do what I do, um, on tour. Um, they know I'm still there to teach the members, uh, and support them, but they also let me dream and, and teach the best players in the world. So I'm very fortunate when it comes to that. 
Yeah, that's so, a great story. Yeah, how does that how does that work? So you're you're director of instruction there, Jupiter Hills, and then you know, do you have a set schedule on when you're going to be with these players abroad, or do they do they come to you during the year? Like, how does that how does that all work in in like like if Lucas Glover like plays poorly on a Thursday, does he fly you out and say like, hey, Friday, I got to hit balls? Like, you got to be yeah. How does that how does that all work for, for your in your world there? What is that like? Uh, it's getting tougher and tougher, but we're we're learning to manage it. Uh, no, Lucas Glover does not fly me out if he hits a bad. We can. I'm usually at on tour sites uh, when I'm there on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, and if we haven't gotten it fixed by then, they're on their own. So. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's their time. Uh, I get I get my work done with them early in the week. Um, and then I've got uh, several players on the Corner Ferry Tour. Um, you know, you mentioned Peter on the Live Tour, uh, Lucas on the PGA Tour, Brandon Matthews, Boho, you know, Davis Lamb, Austin Hitt, Hank Liviota. I mean, there's there's so there's a bunch of them. And, uh, and then I've got uh, several really good college players that will be coming out. Um, uh, Maisie Filler from the University of Florida and, uh, and Cole Anderson and Charlotte Heath and, and all these really good players that are up and coming, which is really cool for me. Cause I like, I like the, I like the developmental aspect of it. Um, and, and bringing them out. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah. so I usually, I, I have a schedule, um, a day planner and uh one of my assistants uh, Morgan Bowen helps me with that. And uh, we just literally on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, in different colored ink in this planner. Uh, we Red is PGA Tour and green is Corn Ferry Tour and black is Live Tour. And, and we just, we, we write the cities. We don't even write the name of the event. You know, we write the cities on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, uh, and then we kind of look through that, uh, block some of my schedule off when I know I'm going to have to be at a certain place. Um, and uh, she helps me with the hotel stuff. And, and we just kind of, we kind of book flights and, 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 book hotels based off of uh based off of where we have to be on monday tuesday wednesday wow okay so so you're doing this on your own really it's not like you know it's not like this woman's like a, a secretary you know she it's is she like a employee of the club or or yeah she's she's yeah. one of my assistants and our, our yeah. kind of deal together is that uh that uh, I help her be a better coach and uh, she helps me get to places on time. <laughs> <laughs> so I that teach seems her like a good trade-off. It, it's it's yeah. worked pretty well so far. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's crazy. I mean, because obviously when I saw you out at, at Riv earlier in the week, you know, I was like, oh man, he's out there. Lucas Glover, you know, started off really well. It was three under, I think he was three under through his first eight holes on Thursday and whatnot. Um, but like I, it's it always amazes me as to, you know, when you guys are out there, and I and obviously me being the nerd that I am, I'm always checking, seeing who's where, what's going on, because I I love that stuff. To me, that's like the behind the scenes type stuff. But when you're with a guy like Lucas Glover, is a lot of it like just the you're like a security blanket, like the mental side, like hey, listen, you're you're doing things right, stay the course, you know stop looking at or worrying about all the minor details so much, or are there times where it is a major thing that you're looking at with like a Lucas Glover, even, even so much as, as, as the college players too, like where is, do you feel like a lot of your time is spent with them? Uh, well, we use this past week as an example, just cause I was out of Riviera, but, um, uh, so we, we had a very difficult beginning of the week. Lucas is actually sick. He's just recovering 
Um, I thought we were going to get some work done on Monday. Um, he had a Strixon shoot uh, in the morning. I was like, hey, man, it shouldn't take long. Uh, we'll get together in the afternoon. Um, and, and lo and behold, the Strixon shoot takes forever, takes all day. Um, he's sick. He's not feeling good. So uh, Tuesday morning rolls around. He picks me up at the hotel, and, uh, and we run out to Riv. He's like, hey, pal, I'm not feeling great. I was like, no problem. We'll see what we get done. He goes to eat breakfast. Uh, um, I meet him on the range. He hits about eight sand wedges and just kind of looks at Tom Lamb and I as, as caddy and goes, all right, guys, like the best we're going to get today is uh, walk the back nine with wedges and putter and get our short game stuff in. I mean, like he wow. just doesn't feel good. Yeah. And uh, so he was having some trouble with, uh, you know, kind of where he's land in the club with some chip shots and stuff. So we hit some chip, uh, chip shots on the practice screen, kind of got that set and then went on the golf course and did our short game work and uh, got back in, uh, chipped for another hour, putted for another hour, uh, went and had lunch and he knocked himself out at the hotel room. And so we have a seven o'clock uh, pro-am. 18 hole pro am, which doesn't happen on tour very much. Um, and, uh, tea time on, um, on Wednesday morning. And, uh, so I walked first couple holes with him. Like he literally hit his first full shot on Wednesday, uh, right before the pro am and, uh, then had to go play, uh, and, and text me after Thursday's round where he shoots a couple under, um, and, uh, said it's one of the top five rounds he's ever played just based on how bad he felt. Uh, so you're, you're, you're managing, you're managing human beings at that point, you know, and, and there's, there's, uh, all kinds of things that can go on during a year on tour. And this was just one of those weeks where obviously he's sick, he's not feeling good. And so we're just managing the situation. We're just, we're checking, you know, we're checking ball position, we're checking alignment, uh, you know, we're checking little things, uh, cause that's all you're going to get done in that type of situation. Then there's other weeks, like I was with Peter, uh, yesterday and uh, just coming off the second tie for second place finish in Las Vegas, uh, but hasn't driven the ball uh, like he did last year. So like we're actually uh, going back to some things that we did uh, a year or two ago that really worked and things that maybe he had kind of fallen off of a little bit um, with his release pattern and things we were we were sharing together, um, which I think is a big part of this is it's like, you know, I'm not telling these guys what to do all the time. Like I'm actually, we're, we're working together. Like what's usable, you know, what's, what's playable, what's something that we can partner on uh, to fix the problem. And I think that's probably the art of coaching that I'm, I'm trying to get better at every day is like, you really got to be a partner with them. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not coaching basketball at that point, you know, coaching basketball, you're telling everybody what to play you know, where to be, what to do, what play to run, um, and, and high level coaching, um, you better be partnering with the player, um, on things that you're both agreeing on, on how to get the club face in a certain position, you know, how to hit a certain shot and, and, and working with them to do that. Right. They're, they're such high level. Like, do you need to like, Hey, we need to scrap this and go to something else or we need to fix this. It, it's more, I would imagine it's more tweaking. Like, Hey, you you have a natural fade. Let's play that, and let's let's figure out how to keep it from turning into a, a you know a power fade kind of thing. It, it's I'd imagine it's more that than like, hey, we're going to get you hitting draws. You know, yeah. There's there's certain parts of it like um, uh, Lucas, you know, uh, hits a draw on ninety nine point nine percent of the shots he hits. You know, um, and he's he's one of the best in the world at it. Uh, but one of the things we went through last year was when you when you do play one shot all the time, you can actually get, you know, too shallow, too in to out, too underneath it. Um, and so one of the things we like to try to do is is balance that. So I make him hit some cuts. 
um, that uh, in, in practice sessions uh, to make sure he doesn't overdo uh, one side or one shot shape. Uh, I think that was a big key to what happened last summer at Memorial last year. He wasn't, he tends to get the golf club a little too far underneath. He tends to right bend a little early and, um, and, and he'll just literally, you know, hit what we call a shallow fat. So it's just a little bit behind the golf ball in a tour player type of way. Every, every, five handicapper would love to hit that shot, but for a tour player, it's like, that's not, that's not it. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we, I had to kind of like step in at Memorial and say, Hey pal, I need you to, you know, get the divot as far forward and left as you can. And so we started hitting some cuts and he just to balance out what he does with the draw. And, uh, lo and behold, um, I remember fast forward a couple of weeks and, um, he's at, uh, Barbasol in Kentucky and Craig Burks is on, uh, it's like a Thursday or Friday. He's playing really well. And the 16th hole is a downhill par three is a front right flag. And I'm sitting there watching it on TV, uh, in a restaurant having lunch. And Craig Perks comes on and goes, wow, Lucas is on the right hand side of the tee. Like that's odd, you know, cause it's a fade position. He hits this little holder fade in there about six feet under the hole and makes the putt. And you're going, wow, that was like a shot we actually used as a drill. And he felt comfortable enough to hit it uh, in a golf tournament. And then fast forward to Wyndham, uh, the 17th hole in Greensboro is a hard banking right to left fairway. And he stands up on Sunday and hits a little holder three wood in there to hold the fairway and wins the golf tournament. So it's like, you know, those might have been shots he wouldn't have had, uh, you know, at Memorial, but had felt comfortable enough with what we were doing to actually hit them in, in, in competition and win golf tournaments. So I think that's a really cool part of, of, you know, the partnership between what we were trying to accomplish is that we, you know, same thing with Peter Uline. Peter is, was when I got him kind of very down and left with a driver. Um, and, and like we had to, we had to visit the draw side of, um, of his golf swing in order to balance it out a little bit. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I mean, Lucas got hot right at that. I mean, that you're talking right there at the end of the season there where he goes and wins Wyndham, you know, basically goes on and plays extremely well and wins again at, at the FedEx, like at St. Jude Classic. And then it's like, all right, now are we, we're really talking Lucas Glover for the Ryder Cup team at that point because things started clicking for him. And you could clearly see like on these pro level tour like guys that it, it is sometimes just something small, like you're saying that makes such a big difference. Like <clears throat> I know Lucas, it felt like, you know, obviously me being the nerd that he is, I know he's a major champion and, and whatnot, but it always seemed like the putter was something that kind of like held him back. Like it was like that mental side or, you know, whether it was the yips or whatever the case is, is that also something that you as a coach work with, or does he have someone even more, I guess, detailed specific for that area, or is that you that's helping him there as well? Well, in, in the beginning, um, uh, Brad Faxon, who works with me, um, he's okay at putting, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, so Fax and I would kind of, uh, uh, kind of monitor that. And, and Lucas went through a couple of iterations of arm lock and, and regular putter. And, and Fax and I were kind of talking a little bit behind the scenes, like what did we want to do? And, and I, my first thought was I just wanted Lucas to, um, to explore anything that was just kind of different. So, you know, I kind of thought about, he's such a good athlete. I mean, Lucas is, Lucas is an awesome athlete and um, he could play anything. 
Um, and I was like, you know, what if he went left-handed, uh, you know, and, and, and with a bullseye and it was just like, you know, just something completely different. And, and then we talked about the long putter and, um, it was, it was, it was literally the week before Memorial. Um, and he shows up, he, we're going to hit some balls and he shows up and he's got the lab putter in his bag. And I go, what you got here, pal? And he goes, ah, man, I just, uh, his, he, he had called his, uh, his agent, Mac Barnhart and, uh, said, get me Adam Scott's putter. And, uh, so Mac called lab and they said, we want to send Lucas Adam Scott's putter. And they were like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll make him one. We'll measure him. And he goes, no, no, no. I want Adam Scott's putter. We're, we're the same, t- we're the same height. Let's just get the putter. Okay. Sends the putter in the pack and slip literally says Adam Scott on it. So anyway, <laughs> I, I still have videos on my phone the first day we pulled it out and he had watched a YouTube video about where to put his left arm and, and away we went. And we literally went to Memorial, you know, for the first week with this new putter. And, uh, and he putted fine. Um, his, his issues, um, you would never see them on the putting green. Okay. It's like he, he's been quoted as saying like, nobody's hit more three footers than I have in the last couple of years, you know, because, but you would never see it happen. It would only happen in a golf tournament situation and under the gun. So it's not something that, that a coach like Brad or I could actually, um, fix because you're not going to see it. Okay. Until, until the lights are on. And so, um, you know, mentioning Memorial again, um, that was his second call with Jason Kuhn. Uh, Jason's a, uh, former Navy SEAL who went through, who was a baseball player and went through the pitching yips. And, um, and so, uh, Jason joined the Navy SEALs, uh, because he thought he was mentally weak and he wanted to find out. And, you know, you don't, you don't become a Navy SEAL if you're mentally weak. And so obviously he, he found no, out that, don't. no, you do not. So the, 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 <laughs> the, the thought that, that, mental weakness was a part of the yips was displaced by, uh, by Jason. And, um, I remember it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, we played nine holes in the morning, hit some balls and, uh, Lucas drops me off at my hotel and says, Hey, I got, I got a call with Jason. Um, uh, Coon, I'll pick you up in an hour. We're going to go play the U S open qualifying site. And, uh, he comes back, picks me up in an hour and I open the door and Lucas is just firing like like telling me everything that jason's talked to him about you know and he's just like excited about it and it was like our his second call with jason and like i'm sitting there in the car like we're going to we're going to have lunch and go you know practice around for the us open qualifying site and he's just firing man and i'm going wow something's different okay so you know you combine a new putter and teaching himself something different with what jason's feeding him um, and this new outlook on something, you know, that he's not mentally weak, that he's actually mentally strong. One of the things Jason told him was, he was like, you know, you're not mentally weak. He said, you're injured. You know, you are actually injured. He said, you just can't, you can't stop playing. You have to play, but you're actually just injured. If you had, a, if you had a pulled hamstring, you know, you could, you could stop playing for a little while and let your hamstring heal, but you're going to have to fight through this and it's going to take a little bit of time, but we're going to get there. And, and that, that changed everything for Lucas. And, and I, I, I credit Jason Kuhn and, and, and what he's done and, uh, and the support system around him, uh, as far as, you know, you know, Tommy Lamb is caddy and, and Mac Barnhart is agent, Krista is wife and, uh, you know, all these people that just really care about him, um, you know, including me and facts. And it's just, they, they are, there's a special group there, uh, that um, is surrounding a very special human being. Lucas Glover is an extremely special human being. And, and it's, it's, a, it's really cool to see your friend and somebody that you really care about succeed like that and overcome something. 
Yeah. What, what a great way to explain that. My mind was blown yeah. thinking about that. Cause I'm, I'm, times- a, I'm a huge Lucas Glover, Lucas Glover guy now. Like I am. Yeah. Like, I mean, hearing something like that, like you hear the stories in the outside, you know, bits and pieces, but to hear that, like, you know, I, I know as much of a nerd as I am. I, he's going to be starred on my PGA tour app now <laughs> when I see what's going on, because I'm rooting for the guy. I am point blank. Like, yeah, that that's really genuine. That's authentic. That, you know, that, that's, that hits home. It does. You know, so cool. and then I, yeah, then, and then obviously I, I have to kind of bring this part up because J.R. Smith is a New Jersey guy through and through. <laughs> it's, it's funny because Ryan and I both played high school basketball against J.R. when he went to Lakewood High School here. How'd that go? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. My <laughs> well, senior, my well, senior, well for Mike, <laughs> my senior, my senior year, we actually beat them. At their place for the first, he was a junior for the first time, and it had to be. We beat him on a buzzer beater. It was years that Point Pleasant Borough ever beat Lakewood. So I think I won one and maybe lost 10. So all I can really remember is the win. I remember the win. I I remember the win. But nonetheless, like, He's been a guy that I've I've tried, we've dabbled with. I've been able to connect with some certain people, but obviously a guy like him is on a whole other level, just like some of the guys that you obviously work with. So, you know, maybe one day in this golfing in the Garden State journey, we could get him on. But working with a guy like JR, I know that a lot of followers and people always DM me like, oh, you got to get JR on. He's a golfer. I'm like, yeah, I, I obviously know. But JR also has game. Like, it's not like JR just like, slaps it around and shoots 95 like no 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 jr's got game what's it like working with a guy like that who is an unbelievable not only athlete but basketball player who has now just like all of us gotten the itch so bad that he's all in like transitioned from athletic basketball athlete to to golf athletic golfer yeah yeah no, it's uh, first of all, Jr. is an awesome dude. Um, it's it's uh, his uh, agent uh, Lance Young and I were uh, cart boys together uh, many many years ago, and I've uh, remained friends. And uh, so, when Jr. wanted to work on his game, um, uh, Lance sent him to me, and it's been a lot of fun uh, to kind of you know for somebody that you. And I'm, I'm fortunate to be in in South Florida and get to kind of hang out with uh, with some really cool people from from other walks of life that are, uh, you know, way more famous than I am. So um, and then they kind of need me uh, to help them with their <laughs> golf game. So I've become pretty important at that point. Uh, it's a win win for you. Yeah, exactly. And, and JR's JR's like that, um, you know, is that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, somebody I look up to from a basketball standpoint, but uh, but actually needs me more than I you know might need his basketball help. So um yeah he's he's eaten up with the game um he's a tremendous athlete uh that goes without saying um and and one of the things that's really fun about jr is that um he's very hungry to learn um he's very engaged when we're together he asks a lot of questions they're all great questions um he's learning to play the game um at a um a little uh higher level i guess Uh, I, i think one of the last times we were together he's preparing he's got uh going to be able to play in three events uh uh in a row at north Carolina a&t um college events so he's really excited about that he's kind of preparing for those events and one of the things i sat down with him last time and i was like i wrote down the uh pga tour averages so pga tour average for fairways hitting around is eight and a half uh pga tour average for greens hitting regulation is 12 and a half 
um, uh, scrambling percentage is 64%. So when you start listing all of these things, they make, you know, 2.5 bogeys per round. When you start listing all these things, and I wrote them all down on our whiteboard, and I uh, said, this is the PGA Tour average. And he was like, and most people do this, like, damn, you know, like, I thought they were better than that. <laughs> like, no, they're not. It's just a hard game. You know, it's a really, really hard game. And so when you start looking at that, it kind of diffuses the fact of, like, I have to be perfect. You know, like, you know, if the best players in the world are only hitting eight and a half fairways per round and 12 and a half greens and only getting it up and down 64% of the time, it says, okay, it kind of diffuses the situation. You don't have to be perfect. Um, you've got to solve problems really well. And so we talked about that. It's like we need to be able to solve little problems. You know, what's the first problem to solve? I need to get this ball down the fairway, you know, in a place I can hit it again. Okay, do that, solve the next problem. What's the next problem? I need to get this on the green on the fat side. Okay, solve the next problem. I got to get this thing down in two, so I've got to, I've got to control my speed. You know, boom, tap it in. Let's move to the next, let's move to the next tee. And that's, that's how tournament golf is played. Um, and, and those are things that he's learning because he's a, a very good player. Um, but he's learning how to manage that within a four hour span. Um, and, and how to, how to manage his game that he doesn't have to be perfect. He just has to solve problems. You know, people that win golf swings don't win golf tournaments. Human beings win golf tournaments. And so you've got to be able to be a really good human being while you're out there. You don't have to be a perfect swinger of the golf club or a perfect putter. You've got to be a great human being during those four, four and a half hours to, to actually compete and, and, and win golf tournaments. That's got to be such interesting for him because so many of these guys that are playing high-level college golf have learned the game. Like, they've grown up in the game. They started yeah. playing at, at five years old, at the, you know, a member at some kind of country club, and that's not, it's not JR's path. No. So, so he's learning both things at the same time. He's learning the golf swing and how to play golf and tweaking his swing and doing all the things. You know, and I know he's a phenomenal golfer, but still, you know, even – even the great pros are still, you know, you're working with, with Luca. We just talked about all that. So he's learning that doing all that while also learning how to play the game, which is, is arguably the, the more difficult, like the mental side of it is arguably the more difficult part. So he's having to do both of those at the same time is, is quite an accomplishment, quite a feat that he's trying to overcome there. No, absolutely. It's a credit to him too. And, and it's, and it's kind of fun to watch him, you know, mature as a player, uh, that way. And, uh, and, and to be able to, I mean, cause that's, you know, I, you know, I'm a top 100 teacher. I hate that. I want to be, I want to be a coach. I don't, I don't want to teach people. I want to coach people. So that's, that's kind of the fun part about like dealing with JR is that, you know, sure we work on this golf swing and sure we work on this and that, but like a lot of the things I do, um, are really about like coaching him to, to understand himself a little bit better and how he reacts under pressure and things like that. So we just, we kind of liken things back to, to, you know, shooting a basketball, you know, or playing defense. If I need him to not early extend as much as, Hey, can you box this guy out as you make your downswing? <laughs> it's just, it's, <laughs> it's little things like that. If I needed to shallow the club, I'm like, you know, if you had to dribble it a little bit behind your back here, could you do that on the way down? Yeah. And, and so there's little things like that that we use. And then we try to, we try to draw parallels from, from, you know, what he was so good at to what he's attempting to be really good at now. That's and your basketball background, like dad being a coach for all those years, you play in, in, in uh, and then trying to walk on in college like that, that is your, uh, like you have that connection that maybe other 
teachers don't, I'm sorry, uh, other coaches <laughs> out there don't have. So yeah. that's a, that's a unique connection that again, maybe brings you and him a little bit closer and, and whether it's trust or even just you can make a, a basketball analogy that some other teacher can't because they don't know basketball. Right. Again, no, like yeah, you said, box this guy out for a second longer, or dribble yeah. behind you. Like those are. Oh, we talk about it with putting. Like you know, you know the, the the cup's just the rim. What part of the rim are you looking at? You know, if you were shooting free throws, what part of the rim are you looking at? You're looking at the back of the rim. You're looking at the front of the rim. You know, it's just like these are these are little things that we can kind of go through together and, and, and kind of, you know, form our own language, which, which I think is important with any player at, that you're going to coach in any way, shape or form. It's like, you've got to form a connection and a language together. If you do that, I think my language with Lucas is a little bit different than my language with, uh, with Peter, and it might be different with Hank Liviota. And it's just, it's any of those players. It's just like, you've got to, you've got to form a connection. You got to get some trust um, between both of you. And, uh, and when you do that, um, I remember I, I got the opportunity to, um, to work with Darren Clark several years ago. And I was like blown away. Darren Clark wants my help. Uh, uh, you know, it's a childhood hero of mine. Uh, but to be quite honest with you, I know we, we it was a great experience. Um, I would do it differently now. Um, knowing what I know now, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, a strong enough coach at that point or more uh, or comfortable enough in my own skin as a coach to to handle Darren um, in the way that I should have that I would be able to now and I, I'm appreciative of that learning experience absolutely like over the top appreciative of that opportunity um, because it taught me a bunch and uh, taught me a bunch about myself and, and how to be better the next time and so I think those those moments as coaches are probably you know, I, I remember getting a phone call after he won, uh, and and you know, after a couple of months of working together, he wins a Champions Tour event, and I'm, I'm I'm I get a phone call from Darren, you know, thanking me, and I'm going, wow, that's the greatest phone call I've ever gotten, you know, and uh, you know, because that's that's a really cool thing, um, but at the same time, I I I wasn't strong enough to handle it for the long term, and uh, but I'm appreciative of that time, and I'm appreciative of that those experiences and and the learning that's come with it. Yeah, those are amazing. I mean, I, I think, you know, for us, we always get to hear the stories from what the guys locally do and how they handle things and, and seeing it on a broader, on a national scale, dealing it with the best of the best. It's always nice to hear like a simple phone call from a guy like Darren Clark, who is like, you ever want to talk about who seems like from the outside, one of the nicest dudes around who's gone through so much in his personal life just to take time out of his own day to give you a call and say, thank you. Like, I think again, just like anything that, you know, Ryan and I talk about on the podcast a lot is like golf just brings so many different people together that you just don't think ultimately would find a way to get together. And that's just another example. Like, Hey, listen, Darren Clark is just a normal guy at the end of the day. And he's thanking somebody who has helped him may not be to what you think has helped him, but has made an impact on him just to call and say, thank you. I, again, that's, you know, I, it, you know, it's amazing. It, it truly is. Hey, you got a Duke fan, a Carolina fan right here. You bring people together. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. We've made it this far. <laughs> yeah, listen. yeah. It's crazy. But, you know, listen, Jason, I, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. I, I mean, listen, I'm sure Ryan and I could sit here and just pick your brain about this story and that story. And, and you'd be like, all right, guys, it's 1230. Like, is this, is this almost over? So I, I can't thank you enough. The stories are, are unbelievable. And, and, you know, getting someone like you on the podcast to kind of talk about things is, is truly special to guys like us. 
Well, I appreciate the time. Appreciate the opportunity. Anytime I can share something that, that we think might uh, help another player or another coach, I'm always willing to do that. So uh, absolutely appreciate the opportunity and all you guys do for the game of golf in Jersey. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Jason. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you.